Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. And in the modern church, we hear of unconditional love, unconditional love. But yet in the framework of the modern church, unconditional love, especially in the minds of the unlearned, maybe somebody that just got saved or has been saved for a while, supposedly, that means unconditional love to them in the framework of the modern church literally translates into and is taught as unconditional acceptance from God, that God will unconditionally accept you into to eternal glory because you had that one authentic, true moment of faith where you put your faith in Christ. But is this biblical? Is this what the Bible actually teaches? Or is this another false doctrine that is causing many to be led astray and will ultimately end in their eternal damnation while they think they're right with God, they're going to die outside of his will, many or most of them. And uh, believing that somehow they were unconditionally, eternally secure, or because God's love is unconditional, they were unconditionally accepted of God. But this is not what the New Testament teaches at all. Even a cursory reading of the New Testament gives us numerous warnings from Christ about being ready for his return and not having any sin in your life. Now, Jesus himself told us twice in the book of Matthew, the first book in the canon of the New Testament scriptures. This is truth that came right out of the Son of God's mouth that modern day wolves refuse to mention ever. Why? Because you can't explain around it. There's no getting around it. Jesus could not have meant anything other than what he said. In other passages, they find ways to do deceitful, diabolical actions acrobatics to try to make the text say something it doesn't. But this is one of those texts. It's Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, and Matthew 24, 13, where you just can't get around it. Not if you're honest and even a little bit honest. Then again, you're either honest or you're not. Jesus said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his own 12. He promises them in Matthew 10, 22, that they're going to be hated of all men for his namesake. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Again, friend, you you can't get around it. Jesus could not possibly have meant anything else other than what he stated. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, he's talking to his own people, which tells us that there are conditions. God requires certain things of people. You know, these Calvinistic devils have sold people on this idea that they have no choice on the matter of salvation, that God preselected them, and whether they like it or not, they are preordained and forced to walk with him, to know him, to repent, and to be with him for all eternity. 
against their own will, even with their heels dug in. That's completely foreign to the biblical revelation of God and his relationship to man. He says, choose you this day, Joshua 24, 15. It's a choice. It's a daily choice. And for all you once saved, always saved people or Calvinists, I would ask you, where does the Bible ever say that man lost his free will after he gets saved? Well, you can come back when you have several verses on it. You won't actually find even one, so you can quit before you start. Or do the search yourself to see if you've been deceived because you've believed something that you didn't get from the Bible. Neither did those who taught it to you. They're just passing along a diabolical tradition that is misleading many, including yourself, to eternal perdition. These are the exact ungodly men, quote-unquote, that Jude, by the Holy Spirit, warned us about who are turning the grace of God into a license for sin. This is a trick of Satan, just like he told a man and a woman in the garden that they would not surely die if they disobeyed God, but they did. God kept his word and kicked them out of his presence, and they had to be restored. This was when man was in perfect relationship with God, before there was sin, before there was a fall, and God separated them from him, as he will separate anyone who's right with God now, but yet dies in sin. Ezekiel 33, 12 and 13 tell us that if a righteous man, a man that is righteous, goes back into sin, all of his righteousnesses will not be remembered. They'll be forgotten. God cares about where you're at today, not where you were yesterday, earlier today, or 10 years ago when you had a profession of faith and perhaps you truly were saved. Can't judge that. God will reveal that to you or already has. But yet that doesn't give you a license for sin. You might be unconditionally loved, but but you're not unconditionally accepted in the eyes of God, in the family of God, if you're going to do those things just like Adam and Eve that violate the command of God. It's just not going to be. Now, God will love you, will love me all the way into hell. I do believe we can say that his love is unconditional, but yet in the absence of teaching that his acceptance is unconditional, we are actually misleading people clearly and grossly to teach them that they have no further responsibility to seek the Lord and to abide in Christ. What does that mean? Jesus said, you got to abide with him or you're going to be cast into the fire. What else could that have meant other than just what he said, friend? Think about it. John 15, 1 through 6. You're going to be cast into the fire. He's talking to his own people and he tells them that if you don't abide, remain, 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 abide, remain in me, you will be cut off and cast into the fire. And what other fire could that be than the fires of hell? Jesus himself and the prophets and the apostles describe hell as a place of fire. And Jesus said it was unquenchable fire. In the latter part of Mark 9, the apostles had all the ability in the world to do as the ungodly evangelical false leadership does today, to tell people they were once saved, always saved. But did they? No, you're never going to find it. Not in concept or in direct statement. Such is a cliche, as are many cliches today, which we list and discuss thoroughly in the book Lie of the Age. You can get that or take a look at it on safeguardyoursoul.com or amazon.com. Again, the title of the book, I think it's the only one in existence now or ever called Lie of the Ages. It's an absolutely magnificent book, I, I must say, which features mountains of scripture, which literally annihilate and dismantle and destroy any possibility that any human being is unconditionally in the grace of God. They are, we are conditioned 
unconditionally in the grace of God, and it's through faith. And you know, many today are taught that because of what Jesus did, which was the perfect work of salvation, that they are not responsible to God to appropriate that salvation according to his word, which would be by faith. And when somebody's trusting God, according to James 2, how about Hebrews 11, there's always going to be corresponding obedience to God. Otherwise, it's not saving faith at all. Jesus's work was perfect. But this same Jesus that you claim to know said a lot of things that you're ignorant of and or ignoring it, such as, or should I say, just like your pastor in most cases would be ignoring. Jesus said you must endure to the end to be saved. Jesus said that in the end, Luke 13, he's going to say to some who claim to know him, I know you not whence ye are. I do not know you in the condition you died in. And therefore, you're going to be cast into the fire. That's the 13th chapter of the book of Luke. Now, I do know there'll be those who say to him, Lord, Lord, on judgment day. And he'll say, I never knew you. Well, that's just simply when you interpret scripture with scripture you realize that there are four types of soil. The fourth alone is the one that bears fruit unto eternal glory, finally, in the finality of things, to be with Jesus. But the first and the second, the first teaches that the person never got saved. The seed fell on that person's heart, the seed of the Word of God. And also, the second teaches that there are some who get saved and then they fall away. Jesus invented the term fall away, and so it must be possible. Now, my friend, why would the Bible say things like make your calling an election Sure, if in fact there were no personal responsibility on the part of the recipient of the free gift of salvation. Jesus told us that because iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold. The love for God and the love for others would wax cold. Now, how is the love of many going to wax cold if it wasn't there in the first place? Simple answer. It just couldn't. It couldn't wax cold unless it was already there from somebody who was loving the Lord with all of their heart soul, mind, and strength. You know, I began earlier to talk about how the apostles had all the opportunity in the world to tell the new converts in the cities they traveled back to after the the church was born in those cities in Asia Minor and the 14th chapter of Acts, about verse 22 and 23, the apostle Paul preached that they must continue in the grace of God. You see, you hear no such admonition, no such condition spoken today by these false evangelical pastors. All you hear about is grace, 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 but it becomes a false grace being not associated with and coupled with many other scripture that give a whole different picture than what the picture they're painting for you. It's false. And that's why it's so important to get in the word so the word can get in you and that you're not being misled. But some people don't want to do that because they want to believe, first of all, they're just using Jesus, so they think, in their minds to get themselves out of hell. They want to believe that they're going to heaven because of Jesus, but they don't want to obey Jesus. They don't want to get to know Jesus. They're not interested. They're simply interested in being told everything's okay. They have no further responsibility to serve God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Matthew 7, 21. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 22 says, but be ye doers of the word, doers, doers, doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Friend, there's a distinct difference between a true follower of Jesus, who the only people that are heaven bound, that's a very small remnant among the many who claim to be Christians, and the counterfeits. And the difference is he that is of God hears God's words. There it is. Those that are of God hear God's words. They're not listening to men tell them what the will of God is.
God is and the things of God. They're studying to show their own self-approved unto God workmen that needeth not to be ashamed in the end, that is, rightly dividing the word of truth. Jesus said, John 8, 47, speaking to the religious people of his day, he that is of God hears God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you are not of God. Those that will not hear the word of God, those that follow tradition, those that follow their pastor and the evangelical movement instead of the Lord Jesus Christ by reading and studying and getting their complete view of God, their complete perspective, their worldview, their theology straight out of the Holy Scriptures. If they're not, then they are not of God. You see, the true body of Christ says with Paul, Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. And that begins with ourselves. Let us be a liar, but let God be true. Amen. The Holy Scriptures were given to us so that we could know God, have a relationship with Him now and in eternal glory. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God bless you, friend. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all Scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.